Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Dave Wanstead, Bears head coach for six years. The Bears. The Bears. Super Bowl champion. How about them, Cowboys? Great mustache. Some say it's a symptom of manliness. Others a cause. The mustache. Wani hanging out with Molly and Hawk. Open up the door. It's Dave. Who? Dave. D-A-V-E. Dustin, I, we're not going to waste airtime on that, okay? Thank you. Next question. <laughs> thank you. Next question. Thank, thank Next you very question. Much. Dave Wanstead. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Always a delight to uh, to talk to Coach Wanstead. And uh, under these serious conditions, it's uh, it's also uh, it's really nice to have the wisdom of, uh, of Dave here with us. And he joins us uh, here in studio. And, Coach, you, um, I, as a pit guy, you – know the pit players and you have a connection obviously having played there and coached there um i'm sure your phone was blowing up when uh, uh when this occurred i'd be curious to know uh were you watching the game when demar hamlin uh, was injured did you see oh, it I, live? yeah I, I i did molly and uh and then obviously watched all the social media replays of it and and you're right i mean I guess the first word that comes to mind is scared. I mean, you know, I mean, right. it, fear was the first thing that, that came in my mind. And you mentioned the pit connection. Yes. And, and you know, I'm on a group text with guys that didn't play, obviously, with, with DeMar. I'm talking about Tony Dorsett and Russ Grimm, Hall of Fame players. We have a huge text that we all play, guys have played together. And that was the word that just kept showing up, you know, the, the unknown and fear. Fear, fear, and um, um, yeah, it's uh, and then, and then you know, as you guys know, I mean, I'll I'll be real about this now. I got five grandsons here to play from fifteen to five, and they all play football. Right. And my phone's ringing. It's my daughter's dad. What is this? What is going on? You know what I mean? Right. And personalize it. Yeah, and it yeah. Br- it brings it right to home. And you know, it's when you don't know the unknown and and a real real scary unknown, and we still don't know. Um, boy, it is, uh, I've never been around, I've been around this game for, as you guys know, a long time and never anything like this or close. Well, you're looking at it as a father, you look at it as a grandfather and Dave, you also probably looked at it as a coach. So when you watched Sean McDermott, when you watched Zach Taylor reacting the way that they did and come to, I don't know if it was their conclusion or if the decision was made for them, but how did you interpret and what did you think about the way the coaches handled the situation given your experience well I I thought they both did a fantastic job I mean it was um, very about as sensitive as you could be you know with both teams uh, you know the coaches together obviously getting together and and, and discussing it and 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 I don't know how much information they were getting uh, concerning you know the health situation but I thought they did a, a great job with it, and there was no other option, obviously, for the NFL but to do this. And, you know, I started thinking about this. You know, I've had players uh, where 
I've had to sit down and tell them, you know, that the injury you have is is going to keep you out a few weeks. Uh, the injury that you have is going to be for the year. The injury that you have could be career-ending. Yeah. Uh, mental health issues, okay, personal issues, divorces. I mean, personal kids' issues. You know, nothing that's ever been life or death. I mean, that's what makes this um, – such a tragedy and, 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 and so, so unusual that uh, I, I think, and then everybody saw it, you know, uh, that's, that's the thing, right? The national television audience. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and, and I, I will give credit to the medical team yep. there. You know, my, my nephew, you guys know Bobby, he was a yep. assistant trainer here a long time with the bears. Now he's the head trainer at the bucks. I did not talk to him, you know, recently, but I know over the years we talk all the time, and the, all he talks about is how much training they do, uh, you know, and rehearsing they do, uh, and dry runs that they do for any type of situation medically like this that could come up during the course of a game, and uh, you know, but but still, when you, when you pull out the electric shockers and and apparently that yes. happened on the field, yep. that gets anybody's attention as far as the severity of it. We, we talked about it a little bit this morning too, Dave. I mean, you know, we haven't seen this happen on the field because it's such an unusual um, occurrence. And mercifully, there are um, there are medical professionals there. There are defibrillators at every game. Yep. There are ways that you can deal with this sort of thing they they did a remarkable job they brought the man back to life and they you know 24 years old and for this to happen and and they got him in the ambulance they got the ambulance out there they got him to the to the hospital i know he's in critical condition but in other scenarios this could have been much worse i mean this this is a bad situation and i think everybody is is saying prayers and hoping that this works out well but you know, kudos to anybody that is in that profession because it's extraordinary that you can that it, with the right you know with the under the right circumstances this is not a fatality and and here's hoping. Yeah, and you know, just watching from afar and and obviously been on the field when nothing like this, but an injury that was severe enough where it it was happening closer to your bench. You know, you could just tell by the different colors of the jackets and the jerseys, you know, who was Cincinnati and who was Buffalo. Right. right. I mean, this is all hands on deck. I yes. mean, there was as many Bengal doctors and trainers, you know, as as you looked at that picture that were hands on as there were, yeah. you know, from the across the field from Buffalo. So you're, I, I, I'm agreeing with you, Molly. I mean, the minute that they they knew it was serious, it yeah. was it, it was all hands on. This was not uh, Bengals versus Buffalo. I mean, this was uh, there's a young man's life that's in danger right here, and and let's do what we got to do. So at 9:07 local time, they postponed the game officially, and the league made an announcement. 43 minutes had passed since the game had paused. Certainly, it's unprecedented. Certainly, there are a lot of things you don't ever anticipate, decisions you have to make. Was that, I think it was the right call. It was the only call they could make. Did it take too long for them to make the call? Do you understand that, that the conversation this morning? No, I mean, it, that made it difficult. I think the longer it went, you know, now your mind's racing and, and the, the thoughts are coming in and they're not good thoughts. You don't get any news at all. I think that's what was is stressful probably for the other players, man. You want to see your teammate. 
you want to see your brother uh, give you a thumbs up or you want to see him open right. his eyes and wave right. to right. you. And then as bad as an injury as it might be, everybody can kind of put their guard down and say he'll be fine. You know, he's going to get the best of care. But the whole unknown factor, and, and unknown for, what, 40 minutes or something, David, whatever you said, that's a thing that really was unusual. And I, and I could see where Joe Buck and Troy and everybody oh, yeah. on ESPN, what do you say? You know, like, right. like No one had ever been around this before. Yeah. And there was a lot of guys on there that have played in the league and had a lot of bad injuries. And, uh, you know, it's uh, uncharted waters, to speak. And um, – it's it's very difficult. The thing you don't want to do is just over is say something or put something on social media that's not well, true. That's that's a good point because I thought ESPN was responsible in that way. It was a conscious decision. I think there were two big decisions. Number one, they didn't show the replay right at all. They didn't want people to relive that and agonize through that. Number two, there were a lot of reports from reporters on the scene in the city, other networks that were maybe unconfirmed reports. ESPN did not report that information. They used their own reporters. They maybe waited a little bit longer maybe to get it right, but in the context of everybody watching fearfully, it was a very difficult thing to process. I thought they handled that responsibly because not knowing and seeing things come through, you not knowing how how – valid the information would be absolutely i mean it's because everybody would have an opinion at that point you know yes. and there's a lot of first responders and everyone's got doctor friends and yeah. on and on and yeah. and the minute somebody's on another station and they start reporting information because of what somebody assumes or thinks um it's 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 not good it's not right yeah i, I mean and and again the fact that the medical professionals were there you know seconds count when you're talking about oxygen deprivation to the brain, when you're talking about any interruption with the heart, uh, you know, you've got to have, and I hope all of this turns out right. I really do, and I, I, and I pray it does. But I, I just think that we've got to get that confirmation. You know, we've got to yep. find that out. That'll be hopefully the information that comes today that, 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 that he is responding and he's back and, and all that. But it, it is just... It's one of the scariest things I think I've ever seen watching a sporting event yeah. because it just was so out of nowhere. I'm, I'm sure, as everybody, the initial thought was head injury, right? Yes. I mean, that was every, yes. everybody. I'm sitting there watching it, and I says, geez, it didn't look like it was a helmet-to-helmet collision, but maybe it was. You know I mean? I've seen guys that, that you didn't think got hit at all, and, and all of a sudden they're concussed, you know? So that was my first thought initially, and then I'm sitting there and saying, "Wait a minute, you know he he should be." And then you see the CPR. the reactions though the yeah. reactions the reactions were so like dev- the, the players were devastated like they knew immediately this was worse than just somebody oh, yeah. getting knocked out or having you know being disoriented. This was somebody yeah. who was unconscious and needing CPR. Yeah, yeah, CPR, CPR, unbelievable. It's a heart attack. That's that's what happened, and it was caused by the hit. That is the reality of what occurred. A very rare circumstance but um if if anyone's confused about it that is what we have been uh told that's what the uh, buffalo uh bills reported and uh and we will you know be patiently awaiting any more information and we'll get it to you as uh as we receive it uh we have coach wanstead here we're going to uh we're going to shift gears a little bit maybe talk a little bears you know we're keeping all this in context and we're trying to be respectful because everyone is Concerned about it, but uh, 
but we will talk to Coach Wanstead when we return. It's Mullion Hall on the score. Dave Wanstead hanging out with Mullion Hall. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We, uh, we're we here with Coach Wanstead. We've been talking about uh, uh, DeMar Hamlin, the Bills' safety, who collapsed on the field last night and uh, received CPR before being rushed to the hospital. He remains in critical condition. Um, Dave, uh, we also threatened to talk some Bears football. I don't know if I've seen a Bears game as disappointing as the one last week. And, you know, frankly, it was the first time doing the postgame show here on The Score. I know you're on the football after show on NBC Sports Chicago, but we're getting fan react. It was the first time I heard kind of anger from the fan. You know, it was such a thorough defeat that I think people were miffed and fed up in it, and now you're in a nine-game losing streak. There's not much to get out of the final game of the season. Uh, at some point, you do become concerned about where you're picking. I know the top four is a good spot to find really good players, but uh, the difference between the second and the fourth pick is significant. Maybe the Bears could get to the number one overall pick. Would that be a concern, not with the coaches, but, I mean, the way you – you know how you lose a game is, you you know, the quarterback's not feeling well or you're not – there are ways of kind of throwing the final game of the year, and we've seen it around the NFL at various times. There we go. Uh, I would say that, you know, I, I would not be concerned. Uh, and I've been, hey, with Matt Eberflus all along, you know, uh, let's get Justin as much playing time as we can. But at this point, he is, I mean, last week, I mean, we're thankful he got out of that game healthy, guys. I mean, I'm watching that thing, and he took some shots that uh, were scary, you know, from the standpoint of, of being hurt. Uh, you don't want that going into the offseason. So he's got enough bumps and bruises right now that I don't think anybody on that football team or in that organization, if you said, you know, his, his foot's bottom, his shoulder, pick pick a part of the body that hasn't been beat up. You say, you know, he he, he we, we need to just kind of rest him a little bit here and, and, and get him back healthy. Fair enough. Let me play devil's advocate for a second, though. You have a quarterback who still has a ways to go as as a passer, and yep. we heard that from his general manager uh, before Sunday's game to WBBM. You have uh, a wide receiver in Chase Claypool who has ways to go as a receiver. That chemistry matters. Does the possibility or what value would there be if they have a success against the Vikings? If Justin Fields throws for two fifty and two touchdowns, and Chase Claypool has seven catches for a hundred yards. Don't you want to see or give them an opportunity to do that? And how does that weigh into your decision? Yeah, you would like to see that, but it wouldn't out, at this point. It would not outweigh. Now, I would what I would do, and I said this on the after show. I said I would come out and say, you know what? Let's let's we're going to start Justin, but let's come out and let's go to a hurry up offense. You know, let's let's try to work a situation or two here where he can get live full speed work, where he's got to make some decisions, where he's got to make a few throws, where the receivers got to run the right routes. And you can do that without calling quarterback runs. And, and, and he's going to, if it's in a hurry up situation, he's probably going to get the ball out quick. If it's in a hurry up situation, the defense is probably going to pretty much be locked into one defense, which is an advantage for the offense. So, I would start Justin. I probably wouldn't play him the whole game. This is just me personally. 
And I, I would use some situations where I felt like it was about as good as we could put him in, but yet he would get some quality okay. work. That, that's how I would do it this week. And, and that, that wouldn't make much sense. Hey, Minnesota, they know who, they're playing the Giants. They're locked into their spot in the playoffs, yes. I believe, right? Yeah, they are. Am I correct? So, I mean, they, they're they, expected not to field yeah. their best team. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to see Kirk Cousins or Jeff. You're gonna, not going to see any of those guys play. I mean, Dalvin Cook and them. So, the Bears do have a legitimate chance to win this game, you know, but I, I still wouldn't go out there and, and call 10 quarterback runs with Justin Fields and. I, I don't know. That's just my personal feeling as far as where we're at right now. But it would just be for – let me make this point so I'm clear on this. It would all be – it would be just about his health. It wouldn't be about getting a higher draft pick. I would not be thinking about that. Would it be discussed? Absolutely. Let's not kid ourselves. Mm-hmm. Don't stick your head in the sand. Is it a discussion point? Absolutely. But in my mind as a head coach, I would be thinking more about his – health and future rather and and my future <laughs> more, more than I would the draft pick. Uh Dave Ryan Poles was on WBBM's pregame show and um a, a lot of people reacted to one of his comments which about Justin Fields where he said he's shown ability to make a ton of plays with his legs no one questions his playmaking ability but really growing as a passer is going to be the next step. That seems fairly obvious watching it, and yet when you hear it from the general manager, it isn't exactly the kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, it, it isn't the, the vote of confidence that, that maybe you expect to hear at this point yeah. in the season. You, and you're not going to see it. I, I thought, and I was praising, I mean, I was trying to keep Olin Krutz happy and keep him on my side, but in <laughs> all honesty, I was really encouraged how I thought the offensive line was improving as the year went on. You know, I said that on the show here. And I thought the entire team took a step back last game. Yes. But but the offensive line and that protection was, you know, we tried to do some drop back passing between guys not being open. And then the protection, Justin didn't have much of a chance. No. And so I, I hear what Ryan Poles is saying, but – you know, you're not going to get the look that you want with Justin uh, with the protection and the receiver situation unless you come out and do what I said. Come out and go hurry up, no huddle, let's go. Let's see. Let's get him at the line and go. Get the ball out quick and see if we can get a little confidence, a little rhythm here, and uh, see what happens. Is part of the conversation if Justin Fields wants to play and is another part of that conversation – if he wants to break the record, do you factor either mm, of those boy. two things in? What's he need? Sixty yards? How many? Sixty-three. I think. Yeah. Sixty-three yards for the record. Yeah, I, I, that's I, one run, Dave. Yeah, I was. <laughs> that, that's one. That, that's one. Do run. coaches think that way? Do they care about that stuff? Boy, you know, there, there's a party that wants the kid to get it. Yes. Yes. Uh, Justin Fields, no way is going to say I don't want to play. He's going to walk in and say I want to play. I think they got to have a plan for him. Boy, I, I didn't even think about that. Now you said that, David. I mean, now I might call a quarterback run or two, you know? <laughs> it, it, if that's, it, it, and he's going to say, no, coach, it's not important to me. Yeah. You know? Well, it is, though. But you it, know, he said, he, here's what he said. This is a couple weeks ago. He was asked about the record, and he said, I don't want to be a thousand yard rusher. It doesn't matter. But now that I'm here, you know, I may as well set the record. Might as well. And yeah. You know, yeah, it I, really I get is that. a fair comment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm going to have Mike Vick on one of my shows uh, Thursday. I was texting with him this weekend. 
you know, that's whose record he will break. Right. right? Isn't it Mike Vick? And, uh, he uh, already broke Mike yeah. Vick's. It's Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Oh, So he okay. broke he broke Vick's. Okay. Vick is second, I okay. believe. You're right. Well, I'm sorry. Vick is third. now third. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, so that that's, boy, that's a tough one. That is a tough one right there. I would have to really see what uh, Justin's reaction is. You know, how do you feel about this? And if he is adamant, coach, this is very important to me. It really is. Then I would probably try to come up with something. Uh, now, it might not. It might be a quarterback draw or something where we're trying to block and protect him and tell him to get down, but I, I don't That's a tough one, guys. That's Here's another tough one, Dave. I want to go back to the Hamlin situation. I want to go back to last night because after the concerns for his health are expressed, and obviously that is the priority, there is – a playoff race. There are seedings to determine. And the conversation this morning as we talked with Brad Biggs, what to do about that game. It's hard for me to envision them playing that game. Going from all this perspective, which we all realize is necessary, given what we saw and how scary it was. And now they're going to play tomorrow? They, I don't see they how they flew home. They're home already. How do they play this game, Dave? And what do they do if they, if they don't? As a coach, what are the coaches thinking? How are they handling this dilemma? Well, it, nothing's going to happen until we all get news, primarily the Bills uh, and and the Bengals, until we get news, right? Uh, you know, what what is the medical situation? Uh, you know, nothing's going to happen. I mean, that to me, that's as big a thing as anything. When the when the players think, hey, is Demar okay? Is he is he going to survive this? Is he not? You know, what I mean, those thoughts. That's the biggest issue that I see right now. So until something is definite coming out of the hospital, where his health status is, I don't see anything happening with this game. Hmm. Yeah, um, Dave, I, I'm just curious. When you watch, you know, we, you talked about defending the offensive line, and, and God bless you for that. And obviously within the game, both guards, both starting guards went down with injury. And yep. that kind of changed the way, you know, if you were – helping or chipping or protecting, you kind of left Braxton Jones on an island as a left tackle. And we know that he has struggled uh, against bull rushes. Well, he was bull rushed out of, like, my future plans for the Bears. I'm just saying, when I watched that, I thought, well, add to the list competition at left tackle. Not that I didn't think that going in, but it was a reminder that as you look at each individual starter on that offensive line, you need more. You need a lot more, and you need to build from the inside out with any team, and you got to get better on the line of scrimmage. Is it was I wrong with that? That I am I wrong to think that he's not locked in at any position to me now because of what happened in that game? Well, you know, this was a, mentally this was a uh, a tough one for. I mean, let's face it, Detroit was thirty second in the league, in defense, okay? So the Bears are going into this game, uh, you know, probably, you know, with the mindset that, hey, we got two games left where it's the holidays, I mean, all that stuff, and then you're playing a defense in Detroit that, you know, was ranked the worst defense in the NFL coming into that game. So if there was ever a chance, even for a rookie, Molly, even for a rookie to put your guard down a little bit, I, I could see how that would happen. I you know, I, I put your guard down a little bit. That's when you get beat, right? I mean, uh, so I, I, I'm the, I wouldn't put much into that. No, 
I, I think uh, as much as technique work in the offseason with offensive linemen, weight room, uh, all those things that are going to be important to to build up strength and, and build up some of those fundamental skills that we need to take a step with our offensive line, that's as important in the offseason as anything, and it's important at that position probably more so than any of them. Dave, we haven't talked to you since the news broke last <laughs> week from Pete Thamel that Kevin Warren interviewed for the job of Bears president. The Big Ten commissioner has done a lot, had success in a short period of time. He's also had some controversy. Is the Bears president's job a better job than the one Kevin Warren has, and what was your level of surprise? Well, is it a better job? You know, it's it goes back to my old theory, you know, that Coach Shula told me when I took the job with the Dolphins with him, you know, remember the this is the NFL now. It's not college. And the NFL, the most important person, number one, is your owner. Number two is your owner. And number three is your owner. <laughs> and I think that situation <laughs> relates to That's awesome. I love that. I think that relates to this situation. You know, Kevin Warren's sitting there now and I, I don't know this. I'm kind of halfway just kind of talking here. But, you know, there's 14 teams, right, in the Big Ten. He's getting 14 calls every week from presidents complaining. He's getting 14 calls from athletic directors. He's getting 14 calls from head coaches. You know, they don't like this. They need to change this. How come with the scheduling and NLI, everything, the whole bit. Now, you know, th this is he's dealing with the owner. And he's dealing in a situation that he has a real comfort zone you know, 15 years, a couple points here real quick, 15 years in the National Football League, he knows how the structure works in New York City with, yep. with, with the commissioner and all the other owners. He knows that. He knows, just bring it in close, to, just to the Bears, how the internal works of uh, organization works with the GM and the head coach, blah, blah, blah. Most importantly, and I don't know if George even cares about any of that stuff, McCaskey, the thing that it, to me is is a check the box and a, it make the deal happen is that Kevin was, a, you know, the C chief operating officer of the Vikings, and he was there when they built that new stadium. And I don't know to what degree exactly what he was involved, but they said that the, the owner up there used the term, you know, that he was heavily involved in us getting the new stadium. So that's an easy decision for George McCaskey. We got a guy that's right here that knows the Bears, that knows the NFL, and he's worked with building a stadium. And that's the priority right now. I mean, for if you're George McCaskey, that's the priority, other than obviously personnel and coaching. That's the big that's gonna be a huge deal and it's gonna be for years. So I could see how that would happen. Dave, I know this is a crazy comment, but I gotta ask you anyway. We've operated under the assumption that the Bears, if they get a high draft pick, will be trading down and trying to add players. Now, that's one possibility. Another would be to, if you believe Will Anderson could be on a Hall of Fame track, could you use your pick to take Will Anderson? Uh, Jalen Carter. Uh, we heard last week Matt Eberflus talk about the engine of his defense is the three-technique guy. Would Jalen Carter be a possibility? Could you take a big-name defensive guy instead of trading down because you need more picks. What about taking a quarterback? If the if the general manager is saying that uh, that the quarterback has to improve as a passer, and I'm not, I, I don't know right. how the draft process will go if there will be one consensus overall pick at the quarterback that's a can't miss. I don't know how they're looking at guys at this point. 
But if that mm. were if that were to happen, and and I think you know the kid from USC, for instance, he's not coming out. He can't come out. If he were to be in the draft, I think maybe that's a guy you'd want. So I don't know if anybody will emerge as kind of the the uh, the best player, uh, the obvious choice in the draft. And if so, do you trade down, or is there any possibility that you would consider trying to get a different quarterback? As crazy as that sounds, yeah, I would think no on the quarterback. You know, and I may be wrong. I don't know what's being talked about. You know, uh, you know, in house in those meetings behind closed doors. But that would be my first thought. Let's assume that we're sitting there at the second pick. Now, I will go back this. We we had the first pick of the draft at Dallas, and we took a defensive lineman, Russell Maryland. Yep. You know, so, I mean, we I've lived that. We had the first pick of the draft. <laughs> God, we, must have, we had the first pick of the draft at Dallas, and we took Troy Aikman. You know, so we've gone both. I, I, I've, I've witnessed and been part of uh, two different scenarios. Now, I would say this. Uh, you need to find out. I'm a big Will Anderson fan. You know, but let, let's use Carter, whoever, it doesn't matter. Let's say that, that it's Carter, okay? Let's say it's a three technique that they want, and they are sold on this guy. You know, this guy is going to be a, a difference maker, you know, Pro Bowl player. That's how you got to classify these guys if you take them out high. Now, with that being said, you better, you got to know, you say, okay, if we move down, who wants him? You know, so how yeah. far we move, we don't want to – the worst thing would be to move down. And, sure, we could use an offensive tackle or receiver. Don't get me wrong. Or, But let's – you know, you, you move down to eight or something, yeah. right? And you're yeah. sitting there, and now your defensive linemen are gone, your quarterbacks are gone. Now you're sitting there, and you're going to take a wide receiver, you know, with the eight pick at a draft, and, and you're saying, yeah, I got extra picks, but – Boy, we could have had a, a guy that we were really excited about. That's the danger. Who would want Will Anderson if he and you gotta have a couple guys that you're gonna take? Maybe nobody wants to trade with you. You know, yeah. people know you're probably not gonna take a quarterback. So that if, if you want a quarterback and I'm I'm not dealing with the Bears, right? I'm dealing with the team behind them. Right. right? That's the spot that I want. Right. Think about that, yeah, uh, right? No question. Uh, but I, what I'm saying is would you give up on Justin Fields now? No, well, or would no, you trade no. if you thought you get more? And I'm not suggesting yeah. you do that. I'm just – I think they've – see, this is my belief. I think they came into the season thinking they were going to be drafting a quarterback at the end of the year. I don't think – I think if they really believed in Justin Fields, they'd have gotten him more protection and some weapons and all the rest of it. I'm just wondering how much the general manager's opinion of the quarterback has changed over the course of the year. Certainly – he has been so dynamic in the running game, it's almost unbelievable. He made their mind up for him yeah. in some ways. Yeah, well, we sat here. Remember, I said week eight. I said, I'm yeah. going to know by week eight. That was my personal number that I put on. I said, uh, just to see if, uh, if this guy could be. Now, I do think that the style of offense that we're, we've evolved to has a huge impact on – what we do with Justin Fields. Sure. Yeah. And it looks like we've made that transition. Now, is Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze, uh, and who, you know, every Ryan Poles, are they committed that this is the offense that we can run to get the Super Bowl? That's why I come back to this point. I want to see how far Philadelphia goes. Right. Philadelphia is my measuring stick with Jalen Hurts because I think it's very similar with what the Bears look at and say, we got a guy that can do what Jalen Hurts does. We just got to get 
linemen like Philadelphia got. We got to get receivers like Philadelphia got. Right. Well, let's see how this pans out when they play the Dallases and you know whoever sure. else they quickly. Played. Dave Jim Harbaugh, Athletic reports that he's open to coming back to the NFL. What do you think about that? I think if he interviews for one job, that he's gone. You know, and and and, and Michigan, you know. You know, last year was crazy enough. You're interviewing the day before signing date. You are sitting in the Minnesota Vikings office, you know, and, and it's the day before signing date. He's fortunate, and I love Jim. I mean, you know, Jim you know, Jim and I still stay in touch back and forth. But, you know, that would have been a – I would have had to think that over if I'm the AD at Michigan, right? I mean, really. So, you know, does this – if it starts up again and we find out that he is going to take an interview – Maybe it's time for both to move on. It might be. Wow. Wow. I can't see him in college if he's not at Michigan. I can't. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I couldn't I, see I, him going I, to Stanford. I could see him at Indianapolis, though. Is oh, there, I, Colts I, would but, be yeah. an obvious but let me, one. Let me ask you, is there a better NFL job than Michigan? I don't think so. Is there? Again, back to the Kevin Warren thing. What do you value at this point in your career? Do you think the NFL is where it's at? What is your quality of life like? What do you yeah. want to do with with your career? I can tell you. You know what? Uh, in closing up, I mean, no, I know that the between the transfer portal uh, and the NLI, that has a lot of coaches discouraged right now. And, and going back, David, what you're saying, maybe that's it. You know, Jim is a little bit of old school guy. Yep. I could see how he would say, you know what, Th- this is it's out of control. I know what I'm going to be dealing with in the NFL. I'm not sure where college's football is going in the future. Great stuff, Dave. Thanks so much. Great to see you. That is Coach Wanstead. Our lives aren't like they used to be. They're busier. Early morning Zooms, grabbing coffee to make that in-office meeting, getting to your kid's soccer game on time. Life is different, and so is advertising. To reach any audience, you need your message out there in all media, broadcast to streaming, on screens, and right to the ears of your customers. And that's what we do at Odyssey. Let's build a media campaign that targets the customers you know and want to reach more of. Right here in our community. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.